Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Light, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. The grave is empty. He is risen. Amen. Hey, my, uh, my friend Blake Collingsworth tagged me on a video yesterday. Maybe you saw it. it. It's this parody video about how preachers act the week before Easter. And it was funny because it was true. But, but here we are. You know, all the invitations have been sent. And, and we're here for one reason now. Because the grave is empty. And he's, ripped, and he's risen. The Ghana video said, your Easter baskets might be full, but the tomb is empty. Isn't that good news? <laughs> Amen. So thank you, Blake, for my introduction to our sermon today. Hey, there's a trend in the local church. Uh, maybe you've noticed it over the last 20 or, or 30 years. It seems like church has changed. And that's a good thing. Not that we were doing it wrong before, but that it's, it's good that we're learning more and striving more to, to reach our communities. And it's interesting that every church, there's so many churches, even here in our own community, and we all try to be the most creative and the most innovative, right? We try to corner the market on cool. But today, all that kind of goes aside because every church in this town today is going to preach pretty much the same message. The grave is empty. He is risen. Man, we may, we may argue on a bunch of different other stuff, but how many of you understand that that's what bonds us together is that the grave is empty and he's risen. That's good news for all of us. So here's the deal. Um, and, and with that in mind, we're going to begin a brand new sermon series today. So that means to get the whole story, you've got to come back. See, I'm going to let you in a little secret. If, if you're here and, and maybe this is your first time or maybe you had not been here a while, or um, we do this every week. So you can come back and it'll be just like this next week. It'll be awesome. So we, we want you to come back for week two of this series that we're starting today called The Voice. And no, it's not because I'm a huge Blake Shelton fan. Any other huge Blake Shelton fans? No, I'm all by myself. That's good. Got a couple. Thank you for... (laughs) That's not why we call it The Voice. Here's what we believe. We believe that the resurrection of Jesus was the single most important event in all of human history. We believe that. But not only do we believe that, we believe that the most influential voice in all of human history was Jesus Christ. The most influential voice uh, in all of history was Jesus. And to prove that, I'm going to give you a little quiz. You didn't know you were going to get a test today, but here's a quiz. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you uh, a few names of some people whose inventions have changed your life. And I'm just wondering if you recognize their names, okay? Here's the first one. Uh, Alexander Fleming. If you know who Alexander Fleming is, raise your hand. Nobody. Uh, He invented penicillin. 
saved thousands, maybe millions of lives. I don't know. Alexander Fleming, would you say that's a pretty big deal? And you don't know his name. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Percy Spencer. How many of you know Percy Spencer? Let me scan the room. Nobody. Nobody. He invented the microwave. How many uh, Hot Pocket lovers will say, yes, we thank the Lord for Percy Spencer? Okay, um, if you listen carefully to this guy's name, it'll give you a hint. Sir John Harrington. Anybody know who he was? Sir John Harrington invented the flushable toilet, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. There we go. Uh, okay, here's another one. Joseph Gaetti. Raise your hand. Nobody. Okay, I know it's Easter, and I'm supposed to behave. He, inv- he invented toilet paper. He invented toilet paper. Now, here's... Will you, will you just indulge me for just a minute? All right. Here, here's what he did. He invented toilet paper, and until the 1920s, it didn't come on a roll, as you and I know it. It came in a flat package, and you just peeled off a sheet. But here is the, the remarkable thing about Joseph Gaetti. He was apparently very proud of himself because he put a watermark on every sheet with his face. <laughs> I'm going to put that in this somebody didn't think that one all the way through file. There you go. How about Sir Timothy John Berners-Lee? You know him. Nobody. He invented the World Wide Web. And nobody knows him. Everybody in this room has been on the World Wide Web this week and nobody knows his name. Um, Dr. Martin Cooper. If you own a cell phone, you need to thank Dr. Martin Cooper. He invented the technology that powers your modern cell phone. So nobody knows any of these people. And they changed our lives. Would you agree with that? Okay, how about this? Who won the Super Bowl three years ago? If you know, just raise your hand. If you were at a Super Bowl party three years ago, raise your hand. Have no idea who won. How about the NCAA men's basketball tournament two years ago? If you filled out a bracket two years ago and you know, raise your hand. Okay, handful. Who, uh, how about who, what film won the Oscar for Best Picture four years ago? You people leave the house at all? I'm just... Okay, who blew the biggest halftime lead in Super Bowl history and lost the only Super Bowl to ever go into overtime? Too, too soon? Too soon? Too soon. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a moment. All right. How about this? Who is credited with turning water into wine? Who is credited with feeding 5,000 people with little, with little boys' lunch? Who is responsible for an organization uh, that's responsible for hospitals all over the world, feeding the poor, helping the homeless, and is tasked with covering the globe with his message of peace and hope? His name is Jesus. Listen to me. Even people who don't believe that he's the Son of God have to admit he's the most influential voice that this world's ever known. Even Time Magazine called him the most influential man that ever lived. Even Time Magazine. So... Here's the good news. 
that voice, the same voice. Donna read a part of John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word is the Bible's name for Jesus. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Bible says in John 1 that he spoke everything into existence. In fact, it says it like this. All, everything that was made was made by him. And listen, that same voice that spoke this world into existence wants to speak to you and me. And he wants to lead you and guide you and direct you and help you along this life. How many would agree with me and say, there's some days I need a little help? Come on, somebody, yes. And so this series, what we're going to do is we're going to take little nuggets of some of the things that Jesus said and, and just dive into them a little bit and, and see if he can't speak into our lives about uh, the way we live. So I guess it's only fitting, since this is Easter Sunday, that we begin with the most quoted Easter scripture ever. That would, that would seem appropriate, Right? But here's the interesting thing. When Jesus said these words that we're going to read, he wasn't talking about Easter Sunday. He was actually talking about a friend. If you read uh, in, in John chapter 11, you'll read this whole story. It's, it's a story about two sisters and a brother, Mary Martha and a guy named Lazarus. And if you, you should read the story for yourself. It's a fascinating story. Lazarus is sick. I'll give you the cliff notes. Lazarus was sick. Jesus found out about it, intentionally delayed showing up. And so Lazarus dies. Uh, and he's dead four days when Jesus shows up. And Mary and Martha are freaking out because they think, well, Jesus, if you'd have just been here, my brother wouldn't have died, and blah, 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 and they're just giving him a... And Jesus is like, hold the phone. He's like, just stop. Mary, he said, your brother's going to live again. And Mary gives him the Sunday school answer. I know that in the resurrection we'll see him again, and it'll all be good, blah, blah, blah. He said, no, you don't understand who you're talking to. Because then he says these words. It's John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So we're going to look at those amazing words from Jesus. We're going to look at how that might affect you and me today. Before we do that, hey, let's spend a little time with some truths of the resurrection. I'm going to tell you a few things about the resurrection today of Jesus, the resurrection of Christ. By the way, man, how, how amazing is it that we are able to gather together in this, in this land, in this nation, and worship freely the God of the universe on this resurrection day? Here's what you need to know. Jesus predicted his resurrection. He did. He predicted his resurrection. In in Matthew chapter 20, here's what Jesus said. Now, Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the 12 aside and said to them, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They'll condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And then listen, on the third day, he'll be raised to life. Jesus predicted his death predicted his resurrection. Why is that important? I'm going to tell you why it's important. Listen to me. If Jesus was well aware of what he was about to face, if Jesus was well aware of the arrest that was coming, the crucifixion that was coming, 
in his ultimate resurrection. If he was well aware of the stuff that was going to happen to him, he's well aware of the stuff that's going to happen to you. You won't walk through a trial. You won't walk through a temptation, a circumstance, a calamity that Christ is not aware of. Nothing will happen to you that will shock him. There'll be nothing that comes into your life, not a good thing, not a bad thing, that he's not well aware of. See, in other words, Jesus knew, they're going to kill me. But it's all part of a bigger plan. And I'm going to do something about it. So that thing that you're walking through, I need you to leave here knowing three things about whatever that circumstance is, that diagnosis that you're, that you're facing, that, that financial struggle that you might be in the middle of, that relational struggle that you might be aware of. I need you to leave here knowing three things. First of all, he's aware. He knows what's going on. You need to know that he's aware. You need to know that it's part of a bigger plan. How many believe genuinely in your heart that God has a plan and a purpose for you? I, I, I have staked my life on this thought that God knows the plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. if you're looking for it. Knowing that he's well aware of your circumstance, that it's part of a bigger plan, and here, maybe this is the best part, he can do something about it. How many believe God is big enough and strong enough and mighty enough to change a circumstance, to change a season, because he just is. Even in those moments of anger, when you question his existence, he knows you're there. And even that doesn't shock him. Have you ever not said something to God because you were afraid he would be offended with you? Here, let me just, can I just tell you from my own life? Spill it. Because he knows it's there. He's aware. It's part of a bigger plan. And he can do something about it. Here's the, here's the other thing I need you to understand about the resurrection. The resurrection really happened. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's not some religious tradition. It really happened. Scripture tells us in Mark 16 that as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed. He said, you are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen he's not here see the place where they laid him but go and tell his disciples and peter he's going ahead of you there you'll see him just as he told you it happened just like you read it how do you know he's alive because he and i had a long conversation this morning (laughs) listen if a man can predict his own death predict his own resurrection, and then pull it off, you need to do everything he says. If a man can do that, then follow him. If a man can predict his own death, predict his own resurrection, pull it off, then sell out to follow him. I'm, I'm not all that smart of a man. Um, you know, it, it's funny because... Um, Somebody said to me the other day, we like the way you preach because, you know, you don't talk over our heads. And I said, well, I couldn't if I wanted to. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm not a smart man, but here's what I, I do know. I'm smart enough to believe 
that if God loved me enough to step out of heaven, walk this earth for 33 years, talk about his own death, pay for my sin, we talked about that last week, and then predict his own resurrection, pull it off, I'm smart enough to, to sell everything I have to follow him. Yeah. See, we, we believe that really, really happened. We believe that the resurrection really took place, that he really rose from the dead. Just like that video, we really believe that he's alive today and that you can talk to him and he'll walk with you and he'll talk with you and he'll love you and he'll bring you hope and guidance and power and passion. Can I just tell you, if, if all this is is religion, I quit today. But it's not. Because of the because of an empty grave, I can, I can listen to him, and he can talk to me. And I can, I can tell him things I can't tell anybody else on this planet. And he showers me with his grace and love and mercy. And he wants to do the same for you this morning. Is that good news? Hey, the resurrection really happened. And the resurrection changed everything. <laughs> Jesus was teaching one day in the synagogue, and, and I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. He was teaching in the synagogue, and how many know the people that gave Jesus the, the hardest time were church people? They didn't like him because he was, you know, kicking over their apple carts and money changers and changing things and, and, and tearing things up. And, and he even called some of the religious leaders uh, white tombs. He said, you look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And so they weren't a fan. And so he's in, he's, he's teaching in the synagogue, and he quotes this scripture from Isaiah. And, and I want you to get this picture with me in, in your mind. If you read the whole story, it, uh, the one I'm going to read is Luke chapter 4. If you read the whole story on your own, the Bible says that he tells, he says what he's going to say, and I'm going to read it to you in just a minute, which is quoting the prophet Isaiah, which was this prophecy from hundreds of years ago about the coming Messiah. The Bible says he read that, and then he sat down in a seat that was reserved for the Messiah. And so he read this story and then sits down as saying, I'm here. And listen to what he said. Listen to this prophecy that he read about himself. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives that will be released. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. What validated every word that Jesus said. What validated every miracle that he performed. What validated every lesson that he taught. What validated every claim that he made. Was the fact that three days after they killed him, he came back to life. What validates every, it changed everything. What opened the door for our freedom, what picked the lock on the chains that held us captive, what peeled the scales off our eyes so we could see again, what was, was a rugged cross and an empty tomb. It changed everything. He said, the Spirit of the Lord's on me to release the captives. And I'm just going to tell you for Dwayne, man, I I know what it's like to feel bound. And I know what it's like to be set free. I just wonder, if you're here and Jesus set you free, just just make some noise so I know you're in the room. See, it doesn't matter what the chain looks like. The Bible says that 
He arose with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. It doesn't matter. He's got the key to your freedom. He's got the, 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 the scales that are over your eyes even now. Man, his spirit can just cause you to be able to see in a brand new way. I believe that Jesus came to set somebody free today. In, in, fact, in fact, here's the deal. He didn't come to set somebody free. He was here before you got here. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I want you to hear me. The resurrection isn't a holiday. The resurrection isn't an event. The resurrection isn't a day on our calendar. The resurrection isn't an opportunity for us to buy new clothes and, and, and hunt Easter eggs, even though I approve of all of that. The resurrection isn't an event. The resurrection is a person. He said, I am the resurrection. <laughs> I am the resurrection. The resurrection is a person. And here's, I've said all that to get to this point today. See, I, I feel like that there's probably three kinds of people in the room today. Man, you, you're here because you're here all the time. That's the first group. You're, you're here all the time. You know, I could, I could tell you, hey, uh, show up. We're going to, you know, we're going to have a uh, stack BBs and paint a wall, and, but there'll be free pizza. And you'll be, oh, okay, what time? And, and maybe they're the second group. Uh, maybe you're here because somebody invited you. You're here because you wanted to shut mama up just, you know, so you come to church with her. I get it. I've done it. Uh, maybe you're here, maybe, and, and you're here because you want to check the church box off of your Easter list. I just need you to know from me, I don't care why you're here today. I'm just glad you're here because I, I made a commitment today that I wouldn't try to impress you with some flowery words because I've tried that and it, I always fail. I, I just want you to leave understanding this. Easter, the resurrection, is a person. His name is Jesus, and if you'll let him, he'll change your life. I don't care if you've been in church 100 years. If, if, you're not, if all you found is religion, can I tell you to throw that trash away and follow Jesus, and he'll transform you. Man, that's, that's the beauty of grace. Because some of you thought, well, I, if I was a little better person, I could do that. If, I, if I, my act was cleaned up a little bit, then I, I could do that. If... I, I can't because everybody thinks I'm okay because I've been in the church so long. Don't, listen to me, don't let your pride, oh, it's Easter. Don't let your pride send you to hell. I ain't supposed to say that on Easter. If all you found is religion, throw it away. And fall head over heels in love with Jesus. Let me tell you what happened. He'll ruin your life. He will mess you up. He'll, he'll, he'll take you down a path that you never in a million years dreamed of going down. When Donna and I said I'd do 30, I mean, 10 years ago, 
I never dreamed that 30 years later we'd be planning a church. But can I tell you, if you'll let him, it's a glorious mess. He'll change you. Here's why. Because he can. If he can beat hell and he can beat death, there's nothing you'll face that he can't handle. There's no addiction you'll walk in this room with that you can't walk out without. There's no struggle that you walk in with that you can't walk out without. Because he's Jesus. Because the resurrection is a person. So I said all that to ask you this question. Would you trade a life for the life? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, I, I don't believe that Jesus just came to give us life. I believe he came to give you the life. Man, I, I believe this truth with everything in me. That every one of you in this room, myself included, all of those precious little children over in the other building, all those precious babies in the nursery, I believe that God spoke you into existence. That before you were even born, He knew your name. And He's got a life plan for you. And it's a good life. And it's the right life. And it's the life. And if you'll let Him, He'll show it to you. And He'll give it to you. Not just a life. You know what? You can spend all, you can spend 60, 70, 80, 90 years trying to make a living, but he can give you the life in an instant. Would you trade a life for the life? Man. Can can you just fathom that for a minute? That before you were ever born, this voice that spoke this world into existence, knew you. And he knew that on this Easter Sunday, you'd be sitting in this room. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're here every Sunday. I don't know. And you'd make a choice today to trade a life for the life. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And it all boils down to this one question. What do you believe about Jesus? He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. What do you believe about Jesus? Well, Dwayne, I, I, I know all the stories. I, I, you know, I went to Sunday school. I, I've done all the stuff. I, I've got all the Bible quiz answers. Wasn't a question. The question is, what do you believe about Jesus? Well, I believe in Jesus. I believe he was alive. I believe he, I even believe he rode from, rose from the dead. That's awesome. I, I don't really think that's what the word believe means in that passage. See, I, I don't think that just the idea that he existed is what, is what he meant when he said, if you believe in me, you'll live even though you die. I think what he meant was, if you'll believe in me enough to respond, if you believe in me enough to follow me, if you'll believe in me enough to trade your life 
for the life, then you'll live and never, ever, ever die. And he can do that because he did that. He can offer you eternal life because he kicked death's fanny. I can say fanny. He can do that. Now, now there's, a, there's, this, there's this theological conundrum about what, how Jesus really, what, what happened between Friday and Sunday. Some people, uh, there's a passage in 1 Peter that people think that maybe he went to hell and, and, and that's how he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And the truth is we don't know. I don't care. How he did it, I don't know. But I do know this, that Jesus arose triumphantly on Sunday morning. And, and he, he brought with him keys to, to our death, to, to hell itself. And he beat the grave. And so here's what you need to know. Nothing you face can top that. There's nothing you'll walk through today that'll be stronger than what he's already beaten and what he's already defeated. So all I'm going to ask you is, is, what do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe he's the Son of God? Do you believe that he rose not just alive, but alive forever and alive to save you and me? And I hope that you believe that today. Donna's going to come and she's going to play softly on the keyboard and, and we're going to pray together. Will you bow your heads with me? I love you, Lord. Yes. I love you, Jesus. Hey, man, I, I just want to take a minute here. And just ask you, what do you, what do you believe about Jesus? And if you can say with conviction that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And you'll confess that with your mouth. The Bible says you'll be saved. See, I've heard people say, I I believe that Jesus lived and that He was a good man He was a good teacher. I'm not so sure about the Son of God thing, but I believe that Jesus was a good man. No, He wasn't. If he's not the Son of God, then he's a liar. If he's not the Son of God, he's at at worst a liar, at very best a lunatic. So you, you simply have to decide this morning, was Jesus a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or is he Lord? And if he's Lord, the only response is for you to follow him for the rest of your life if you believe he's a liar I, you're, that's your choice maybe you think he was crazy but if you believe him to be Lord Dwayne I, I can't follow him I'm not in a place I, I, I've got too much junk in my life I said that for a long time. But here's what I need you to hear from me today. This is just Dwayne talking to you from my heart. 
Jesus went from person to person and, and said three words, come, follow me. He never said, hey, go clean your act up a little bit and then follow me. He never said, hey, you know what? Quit this habit you've got. Quit this addiction you've got and then come follow me. He said, come follow me. It's funny how once we make the choice to follow him and to genuinely follow him, all that other stuff seems to seems to find its way. I, I love reading the stories of Jesus where people who with major problems would follow him. People that were greedy would follow him and get generous. People that were evil would follow him and get holy. People that were sick would follow him and get healed. So I can tell you with confidence, whatever stuff you're hanging on to, follow him and he can handle it. There's not a habit, there's not an addiction, there's not a frustration, there's not an anger, there's not resentment that he can't handle. But we've gotten it backwards. Well, I'll get this stuff cleaned up and then I'll follow him. No, it's the other way around. Follow him. Make a choice this morning, today, to follow him and watch him put all the other stuff into place. He will. He's done it for others. He'll do it for you. So with nobody looking around, I just, I just have to know for my own, my, just so I know who I'm praying for this morning, if, if that's you today. Hey, and and I, I mean that. Nobody looking around. I know sometimes we like to cheat and peek. I'm going to ask you not to do that today. I'm going to ask you to honor some people's privacy. Nobody's going to look around. I just need to know if, if, if that was you that I was talking to. You got some stuff that, that you need Christ to take care of, but you recognize the first step is to today to follow him as you never have before. I just want you to just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Wow. 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 for you now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to believe God to do a special work in your life. And, and, and I want to pray for the one and I know you're here. <laughs> I could touch you if, if God would let me. And you, you just couldn't put that hand in there. I get it. I've been there. But I want you to listen to me. God sees your heart. He knows your struggle. He knows where you're at. to do something in you. Dwayne, I've tried and I've failed him. I've tried and tried and tried. I want you to listen to me. I get it. So have I. If you'll follow him, if you'll determine to follow him today, and if you fail, if you'll follow him tomorrow, and, and, and from this day forward, you'll commit your life to serving Jesus and following him. Can I tell you, he'll give you the life that he had destined for you before you were ever born. So even if you couldn't put your hand in the air with some of the others that did, listen to me. I'm going to pray for you because I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> I just, just hear my heart. He wants to give you the life. 
thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name. Hey, guys, if that was you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I don't do this often, but I'm going to do it this morning. Man, if that was you, and you, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus from this day forward. Maybe you're trading religion for a relationship today. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to mean it in your heart. They can be my words, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Pray with me. Just repeat after me. And in fact, let's do it this way. And here's how convinced I am that God's going to do a work in somebody's heart. I want everybody in the building. Maybe you've been a Christian a hundred years. I want everybody in the building to repeat this prayer because that you doing that may give somebody some courage that's sitting close to you. Repeat this prayer. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he loved me. Thank you that you loved me enough to send him. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died. I believe he rose again. I believe he's alive today. I will follow you, Jesus, the rest of my life. I'm trading my life for the life, the life you've got planned for me. When I fail, I'll look to you. When I struggle, I'll look to you. I'll live the rest of my life in pursuit of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody ought to just make stupid noise. Amen. Before our ushers get ready to serve you, and we're going to have just a, a time of worship right before we leave. Before our ushers serve you, I want you to hold that connection card in your hand. You're giving it in your bulletin. There may be some sitting around. I want you to hold that connection card in your hand. Hold that connection card in your hand. And what I'd love for everybody in the building to do is to fill that connection card out. And if God did something special for you this morning, then I want you to put that in, just just jot that down at the bottom of the, the front side of that card so we can celebrate with you. If you've got a prayer request, here's what I need you to know. And I say this every week, but I need you to know this. We call those needs by name every week. Put those needs at the bottom of the prayer request. And then on the back of that connection card, there's a, there's a spot that says, I've chosen to receive Christ today. If you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, then would you check that box so we can celebrate with you? Man, I believe uh, if, if you'll do that, we'll make sure that we contact you, make sure that we let you know what, what maybe a next step might be. We'll talk to you about baptism. We'll talk to you about some, some other things that you can do. Our ushers are getting ready to serve you. And I'm going to give them just a second because I want to make sure everybody has time to fill that connection card out. But as our ushers are, are preparing to serve you, here's what you need to know. We, we put the offering at the end of our service very intentionally. 
because we like to keep the main thing the main thing. Um, so if you're here and this is your first time and you're like, I, I don't really feel good about putting money in the offering bag, then here, listen, don't. It's all good. It's fine. That's, nobody's trying to twist your arm. I just need you to know that. If you're, if you're here and you've already given online, I need to tell you thank you. Thank you for your gifts. Our ushers are going to serve you. We'll bless our offering once it gets to the front.